This MoneyWise podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them today to get out of debt at christiancreditcounselors.org. The Bible has plenty to say about the benefits of gratitude, and researchers have even collected data on them. Hi, I'm Rob West. Studies are showing the very positive influence that gratitude has on the lives of individuals, allowing them to better handle life's ups and downs. I'll talk about that first today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise. Biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, we know that God's Word has many passages to inspire a thankful heart, but one in particular that details the benefits of gratitude is found in Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. It reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you've wondered how the peace of God translates into physical and emotional well-being, well, you're not alone. Researchers at the University of California campuses at Davis and Berkeley wanted to find out, too. They gave groups of people gratitude journals to document the things they were thankful for and to report their experience. The researchers broke down the positive responses into three separate categories, physical, psychological, and social. Starting with the physical benefits, individuals reported having stronger immune systems, possibly noting that they got sick less often. They also said they had fewer aches and pains, lower blood pressure, better sleep, and an increased desire to exercise and take better care of their health. All that by just fostering an attitude of gratitude. The positive psychological effects of gratitude included higher levels of positive emotions in general. Respondents also said they were more alert, alive, and awake. They felt more joy and pleasure, more optimism and happiness. Now, a lot of Christians keep prayer journals where they often express their gratitude to God for what He provides. It's a way to count your blessings, and a verse that comes to mind is Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. When we track all of the ways the Lord provides for us, it's impossible to not be grateful. So it seems that keeping a prayer or gratitude journal is a great way to foster an attitude of thanksgiving. Okay, the last category the researchers looked at was social. Uh, How does gratitude improve our relationships with family, friends, and others? Well, individuals said they became more helpful, generous, and compassionate. Uh, They felt more forgiving and more outgoing and less lonely and isolated. For all of those reasons, the researchers suggested that everyone should keep gratitude journals to enhance these effects, essentially writing down every day the things we're grateful for. Now, I can't help but think that these researchers found themselves backed into a corner by the data they collected. They had to come up with an explanation for why all these benefits flow from a spirit of gratitude. And here things get really interesting. First, they determined 
that true gratitude is proof that, despite all of its problems, there is still goodness in the world. Second, and this is where it gets a little tricky for them, they admitted that a source of goodness must exist outside of ourselves. It's not something we did, and that true gratitude acknowledges we're dependent on something or someone else. They even admitted this could be a higher power, quote-unquote, if one is spiritually inclined. Someone who, quoting from one study, gave us many gifts, big and small, to help us achieve the goodness in our lives. Now, doesn't that sound like a definition of God to you? It does in my book. Little wonder that the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 11.36, For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Now, you may be thinking, why would folks who may not know the Lord experience the blessings of gratitude? Well, we know that God's financial principles work for believers and non-believers alike. Staying on budget, living on less than you earn, saving for the future all lead to financial well-being. So there's no reason why practicing gratitude wouldn't be beneficial to everyone as well. And who knows, the Holy Spirit might use the experience to lead someone to Christ. The Lord works in mysterious ways. We can even become a part of that by witnessing our gratitude to the God who provides all things. First Chronicles 16.8 reads, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people. All right, your calls are next. 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org slash give. How should we as Christians think about investing? What if we could invest our money in a way that aligns with what we believe? At Eventide, we believe it is possible to love God and love our neighbor in the very practice of investing. We design investments for performance and a better world so you can invest for the future with a sense of wholeness and purpose. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at investeventide.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. If you have a question, you're welcome to send it to us, questions at moneywise.org. That's questions at moneywise.org. Our coaches will always reply with a personal response, and many of those questions will get on the air. All right, let's head to the phones. Youngstown, Ohio is where we begin today. Derek, you're our first caller, sir. Go right ahead. Hi, hi. Um, I was calling. Um, I didn't expect to talk to you, but I was calling that. Just I had a question on um, So about credit card. Me and my wife, more me, but 
got out of hand here and uh it's like up to 15,000 and um my question is should I stop investing in the Roth our our Roth IRAs and um just and I and if I put that over into the to discover maybe I can have it paid down by March or April of 2023 yeah, uh, I actually would do that, Derek. Um, you know, if you're not getting a match of any kind, uh, and this is just after-tax contributions you're making to a Roth, uh, you're not going to get on that money, uh, you know, 15, 18, 22% return, whatever uh, is uh, equal to the interest rate on that credit card as a guaranteed rate of return. And that's what you're going to get with every dollar of debt that you paid off. You're guaranteed uh, not to pay that kind of interest. And so uh, it makes sense to suspend those Roth payments uh, and let's look for every available dollar to get that credit card debt paid off down to zero. I'd also challenge you to do a couple of things in addition to that. One is go back to that spending plan and make sure you're really dialed in, that you have an accurate uh, reflection of what your spending plan is so that you can make uh, really hard decisions about where to cut back. Because the key to getting out of debt is going to be margin. That is living within your means so that you have something left over at the end of the month to pursue your goals that align with your values. And I would say as long as you have at least $1,500 in an emergency fund, uh, which is key because when the unexpected comes, that's where you go first to break the cycle of relying on the credit cards. But once you've got that 1500 then I'd put every extra available dollar, including the money you're going to recapture from suspending the Roth contributions toward that debt reduction to get it paid off as quick as you can. And I'd love to see if you could even maybe accelerate that to year end instead of February just by looking for places to cut back. Um, you could also, uh, with this amount of debt, uh, look at a debt management program. Anytime you have more than $4,000 in credit card debt, it'll really help you to consider using debt management because um, these interest rates would be dropped and you would pay through the credit counseling agency to get these credit cards debt uh, debts paid off uh, on average 80% faster. If you wanted to consider that option instead of instead of going it alone, uh, I'd connect with our friends at christiancreditcounselors.org uh, to at least analyze the debt that you have, have them share with you what the new interest rates would be in debt management, and then you'd pay through them. But regardless uh, to your initial question, I would suspend those Roth payments for the reasons I mentioned. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you so much, because I really didn't have... I was in the dark right there, and I, I, I really uh, shed uh, a light onto my past, so to speak, but... Um, Good. Well, no, glad to hear no, it. Thank well, happy to do it, and uh, you stay on the line, Derek. We'll get your information. We'll make sure you get a six-month pro subscription of the MoneyWise app. Uh, if you use it, and our team would be happy to help you at no cost to get it set up, you can download all your transactions. You can develop your spending plan using the digital envelope system so you can stop the cycle of overspending because when the digital envelopes are at zero, we that category is done for the month, and that could go a long way in helping you all get on top of your 
your spending. So that way, as this debt is coming down and eventually paid off, you can redirect that money, not in just into additional lifestyle spending, but really into the goals and objectives you have. So uh, stay on the line. We'll have somebody uh, get your information. We'll reach out to you, get you that six-month pro subscription, and then one of our MoneyWise coaches can help you get that spending plan set up. We appreciate your call today. Uh, 800-525-7000. It looks like we have three lines open. Uh, Let's head to Chicago. Nick, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, Rob. Um, Regarding I-bonds, inflation bonds, when purchasing online, can you name a beneficiary on the online order form? Yeah, you you can name a beneficiary or a second owner, uh, but not both at the same time. Uh, Now, either the second owner or the beneficiary has to be a person, so not a trust or a charity. And then if you'd like to leave the I-bonds to multiple people after you die, you'd just make separate purchases and name a different person for each bond. Um, And if you'd like to name multiple beneficiaries on an existing I-bond, you'd have to split it into parts and name a different beneficiary on each part. But the bottom line is, yes, you can absolutely name a beneficiary, and you do that when you set up the account uh, at uh, treasurydirect.gov. I see. And if if you had really just like one person in mind, um, second owner versus beneficiary, what would you opt for? Um, Yeah, well, if this is really truly money you just want to leave at death as opposed to having a second, uh, you know, person named on the account, I would just name them as a beneficiary and then it'll pass outside of the probate process directly to that individual at death. Oh, great, great, great. Rob, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. All right. God bless you. We appreciate your call, Nick. Uh, one line open, 800-525-7000. Uh, quickly before the next break, Charlie in Grand Rapids. Go right ahead. I got a question. I've heard that uh, you, to give your money a little bit, part of your state before, they, before you die to know how they spend it, how do, you, how do you actually look at that without saying, can, you, can I ask my kids, show me your books? How do you how do, you do that? Mm. Yeah, just in terms of evaluating their financial readiness and maturity, uh, Charlie? Yeah. yeah. You know, if yeah. I'm getting the money, I'd, I'd like them to spend it wisely. But, yeah. um, you know, the, sometimes I do have questions as how they spend their money. Yeah. And just a well, little, bit, little better insight on that. Yeah, you know, that's challenging. I mean, obviously, unless they're willing to kind of share the inner workings of their finances, you're really just going to be left with observing kind of how they're going about things, you know, uh, to the extent, you know, you can observe their lifestyle choices. You're observing, uh, you know, their, uh, you know, some of their giving decisions to the extent that's made known. But a lot of it, unfortunately, you don't know uh, just because, you know, they could be living, um, you know, uh, you know, in a lifestyle that you deem to be excessive, and yet they're still living well below their means. And so I think, you know, a lot of it is just having a close relationship with them. So you're hearing the things they're talking about, the things they're thinking about. Are they talking about giving? Are they talking about their vision for their generosity and the things that they've been able to do, not in a boastful way, but just in a way to celebrate God's activity? Uh, You're observing their lifestyle and the decisions they're making with regard to, you know, everything from cars to homes, not that you're trying to be judgmental, but just to assess their financial readiness. At the end of the day, it's a discernment issue, I think, that you've got to make a matter 
matter of prayer as you think about, is the next steward chosen and prepared? Uh, Charlie, hang on the line. I'm going to send you a book called Splitting Heirs that I think will be a great encouragement to you on this very topic and much more to come right around the corner on MoneyWise, including your questions. What's most important to you when it comes to choosing your financial advisor? Someone who's aligned with your biblical values? How about someone who will take the time to explain your options in plain English? Certified Kingdom Advisors are professionals who meet high standards in competence and integrity and have been trained to offer biblical financial advice. To find a Certified Kingdom Advisor in your area, visit MoneyWise.org and click the link that says Find a CKA. That's MoneyWise.org. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foreside Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, Lake Forest, Illinois. Mel, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Hi, I have a $65,000 in my emergency fund, and I want to buy, need to buy a car. And I, the car is going to be about $45,000, and I wondered if it's a good thing to just pay for the car outright. Yeah. Uh, what are your expenses on a monthly basis, Mel, if you were to total all of your expenses fixed and discretionary? I would say that I have expenses of about less than 2000 a month. I live in a condo, and I have uh, more than that coming in from my retirement benefits. I save about $2,000 a month. Okay, but just the expense portion you think is only about 2000 a month? Yes, 2000 a month for the expenses of the house, not considering all the things you have to pay a yearly, you know, like the insurances and things like yeah. that. I don't but even if... Even if that were another twelve thousand a year, taking it to three thousand a month, that's still only eighteen thousand to have six months expenses. So I would say, you know, this sixty-five thousand, which you're considering your emergency fund, I would say is an emergency fund that's overfunded. So I think the way one way to look at it, because typically I would say let's not pull a car purchase out of our emergency fund because it might dip below our three to six month target, and therefore when the unexpected comes, if you haven't replenished it. Now we're relying on debt or something like that. But if an emergency fund for you at three thousand a month, even if that's a little high, uh, times six months is eighteen grand, then you've got quite a bit of of money left over uh, because you said you had sixty five thousand in there, which means you'd have forty seven thousand that you could pull out of that for some other purpose. And perhaps we move that over into a new uh, savings account we call car savings. And now all of a sudden we've got our money there. So I would say you could go right ahead and and make that purchase. The benefit here is that you've got quite a bit of margin every month that um, you're able to put aside. You're not going to be adding uh, an expense for a car payment. Um, so that means 100% of that margin should still be available that you could use to start you know, building your reserve accounts up for another purpose and still hang on to six months worth of emergency reserve. So I'm on board with this strategy, Mel. 
Oh, well, thank you so much, because it's so hard when it's something major like that. And I don't yeah. have any debt at all except for the little payment on my condo. That's okay. <laughs> and, and do you have a car that's in good working order, though? I have a car that is uh, 190,000 miles and it okay. needs new tires. And I usually yeah. donate my cars. I don't ever trade them in or anything. I just donate yeah. them to a charity cause. Yeah. Well, the only reason I mentioned that is, and, and I realize you may just decide, listen, now's the time. I'm ready to donate it. I've got the money and I want to move forward. But this is not a great time to buy a car. You're probably aware of that with the chip shortages that's led to inventory shortages. Both the new and used car markets are way high. Uh, new cars are up 12% year over year. Used cars up 16%. All of that means you're going to pay more than you probably will a year or two down the road. You may decide, I just don't want to wait. I'm ready to do it and I've got the money. And and I would say, you know, if that's the case, then you go for it. Um, but if you could get another year out of this, you may actually save some money uh, just because I think we'll see some stabilization in the car market. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm not telling you, you know, to go one way or the other. But as to the question around the emergency savings, I think you're in a, a great spot to go ahead and make that purchase for cash. And I'm thrilled that you're able to do that. We appreciate your call. Uh, New Lenox, Illinois. Uh, Elsie, go right ahead. Yeah, Mr. West, this is me. Um, I just want... <laughs> I. Um, I'm sorry, real quick, it's hot in the car. But no anyway, um, my income, my federal income tax has not come back yet. And it's over 10 to 12 weeks, you know, over 12 weeks. I'm sorry. So I've called three different numbers and all I get is, uh, the animated voice. You know, I ha I can't talk to anybody else. Nobody knows how to help me. So what do I do, uh, you know, I, my son filed for me. He filed okay. I got my state tax back right away, but my federal, I usually get back uh, maybe a couple weeks after the state, but, but now I, I get nothing back, you know, I, I mean, my federal, and um, I don't know what else to do. Yes. Well, unfortunately, the tax refunds uh, are delayed uh, just because they're, they were unable to process them until they got through the uh, mountain of paperwork that was generated uh, just because of uh, the COVID shortages. So they had fewer workers, uh, not to mention all of the relief checks that went out. So there was just huge backlogs, logs, and it's uh, taking longer than normal for them to uh, process uh, tax returns. Um, they're saying it could even take up to six months uh, in some cases. So I think, unfortunately, you're just going to have to be patient. Uh, you can, you know, use the uh, service on the website, even though some folks are saying that uh, they're having trouble, uh, you know, getting up-to-date information on the status of the tax refund, even though that should be available. But, um, you know, I think uh, six months, in some cases, uh, folks are saying is, is a conservative estimate just based on the backlog of taxes that are going on. The good news is that uh, the IRS will pay you uh, interest uh, on the tax refund, um, you know, after a certain period of time. So you're going to receive a 5% interest, uh, and that rate increased to that 5% um, after July 1st. 
and they pay interest if it takes longer than 45 days after the filing deadline to process your return. So uh, we appreciate you checking in with us, and I know that can be frustrating, so you hang in there. We appreciate your call today. Hey, let me wrap up today with some thoughts on identity. You know, uh, as believers, we need to find our identity in Christ, but often uh, we will get money in a position that it was never intended to be in. Uh, Maybe our identity is in money in the comparison of others. Well, the end result of comparison is we become discontented. When we let money define us, we think our personal value comes from what we do. And we begin to believe that our identity is found in our work or our income or our spending choices. But you know what? We need to recenter our money uh, on the Lord. No need for pride or shame or comparisons. You see, we're all sinners saved by grace, resting in Christ alone who does not change. So let me finish today with uh, Galatians 3.28 and just encourage you. Uh, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Here's the reality. It doesn't matter what your job is, whether you just remodeled your kitchen, the size of your bank account, whether your kids go to school or where, it doesn't determine your value as a person. Your identity is not about what you do or what you have. It's in Jesus your hope of glory. I hope that's an encouragement to you today as you think about what God has entrusted to you. Let me say thank you to my team today, Gabby T., Dan Anderson, Amy Rios, and Jim Henry. Hope you'll come back and join us tomorrow. We'll be here to do it all over again. And God bless you. Money Wise is provided by Money Wise Media and listeners like you. 